um, it was like a drone footage of like a sh sheep getting herded into a, uh, into these little corrals, you know? And so there's these dogs and you can just see them bouncing around. Did you guys see this? It was on, it was online. And so these, these dogs, and it's way up high. So there's like two, two pickup trucks in the back. There's, there's a couple people like standing back, but it's basically these two shepherd dogs and they are just running back and forth and back and forth. And they're pushing these sheep into the sheep, um, pens. And so you can see them like moving in, like little little white things just moving into the thing, and 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 they don't miss a single a single one, you know. And it was really interesting to see because I was like, wow, look at them things go. And the sheep are like, they're sheep. They're not very smart. Like one starts wandering off this way, here comes a dog, and he starts pushing them back in. And it took them a little while, but not too long. And man, those dogs were going. You know, you know, you ever see them like. I don't know what kind of dog it was, but they were just roll. I mean, they were going so fast back and forth. And you, you know, you ever get one of those dogs, you go over someone's house and you're like, man, that dog has a lot of energy. That's because that dog's supposed to be doing that. And I mean, they were running, you know, something. Yeah. So, you know, so I think sometimes, so the thought was that, you know, you have your soul and you have all these thoughts and they're just going on and on. And you're thinking, I need, I need some sheep dogs to kind of keep micromanage all these thoughts. And, and you don't have to do that. You know, you can, you can just take the whole thing and drop it under the dominion. Because remember what we're talking about today? We're talking about government within your own temple. You have a government that ha operates correctly within the temple. The government is the spirit. You are a spirit. You're one spirit with the Lord. That's the top level of government within your temple. When you allow the soul, soulish thoughts, soulish ideas to work their way up and try to create government, things are out of order. Sometimes people want to know why they're having so many issues. It's because they haven't brought the government and the authority. So the authority comes from Christ. We, our spirit is alive in him. <laughs> we're alive in Christ. We're not, we're not a part, you know, we're not... You were dead in your sins, but now you're alive in Christ. You see, so there's these this this interaction that we're having now with Christ. But so we can just very easily just tell our soul to be quiet, divide the soul and the spirit in the sense of put a wedge between. What's the wedge that goes between it? Yeshua, the word. The word goes between it. We've been brought in. So now instead of going through and like those little sheep just trying to micromanage all the little thoughts, gotta get that thought, gotta get that thought. You just say, shh, and bring the whole thing down under, okay? So now the government is the government of Christ, the word. I'm bringing the whole thing down. Soul, love you, you're great. Body, love you, you're great. But come under the dominion, come under the authority, the government of the temple. This is the way the temple works within my body, is it's the spirit, okay? So you're bringing everything down, you know? Because if not, we got busy work. And no, everybody loves a little spiritual busy work. Let's get busy with spiritual busy work. Don't do spiritual busy work. And how do I say that? Because the authority that we have has been, has been given to us. So I can't go into your house and take authority over your stuff. That's your house. You do it. You take the authority in your house. <laughs> you know, you can't walk into somebody's house and be like, I don't like this and I don't like that and I'm taking authority over this and I'm taking... You're, you don't have authority there. You're just blabbing. So when you understand who you are in him, in Christ, then you can start taking position. Don't tolerate sin. Don't tolerate it. 
You don't have to tolerate it at all. Sin thoughts, sin anything. Oh my goodness, I had a thought. I must be a mess. No, just take authority over the thought. That thought doesn't have to stay there. It's Like I said, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you go out in the yard and a dog's done its business. You don't walk over there and step in it. <laughs> Why do that? <laughs> take authority over the dog messes and just be like, no, that's, that's not part of me. That's not mine. I'm not... I have authority over this. And how do I have authority? Because I sit in a position of authority. I understand the government of my temple. I don't allow things in the temple. Soul is going to get busy. The soul's going to have its busy work down here at the bottom. <laughs> it's just running around. It's like the little sheep. They're running around. But if you just keep yourself in position, I am in him. He is in me. I'm one spirit with the Lord. Jesus is taking care of all of it. He is my peace. He is my righteousness. Awaken to righteousness, the scripture says. Holiness and righteousness isn't a thing that you're trying to change into. It's an awakening. It's a discovery of who you really are because you're found in him. I was lost, but now I'm found. Where was I found? I was found in him the whole time. I'm in, I'm in Christ. I'm in him and he's in me. You see how you can just take that whole idea of working your way up into God, having to do all this busy work in your life, and just saying, I sit in that seat of authority in Christ. Christ is my righteousness. Christ is my authority. You have been given, what's the scripture say? The mind of Christ. So now I sit in that place of the mind of Christ. Oh, no, but I have, I have thoughts. No, no, you don't understand, Jamin. I, I don't have the mind of Christ. I have... Okay, that's the soul. <laughs> Bring the word of God back in there again. Bring that down under the authority. And sometimes you might want to just sit in quiet. You know, this is why we teach quiet prayer. But can you be quiet? Yes, you can. But remember, even in quiet prayer, this is something you're doing with Jesus. Don't ever see yourself as doing quiet prayer by myself so I can get to Jesus. You're not going to get to Jesus. You and Jesus are doing quiet prayer together. <laughs> You're actually having quiet time with Jesus. You're just being quiet with the Lord. You know, oh, I'm having a hard time keeping my mind. Oh, here comes Jesus. Let me help you with that. Oh, right? And then you rest in him. Remember where our authority comes from. We don't have authority because it's my house. I have authority. <laughs> no, our authority comes from him. Because, you know, apart from him, what did the soul do? Whatever it wanted to, right? Because the spirit was dead in sin. So it couldn't have it. It didn't have any, any government. The government was all upside down. But in Christ, our spirit is realized. And what do we call that? The new birth, right? Born of the spirit. Born from the origin. What's the origin? The origin before time. How we were actually originally made. So just remember, you know, our the government is a government of peace. It's a government of peace and joy, a government of love. When you see those things starting to operate, know that you're sitting in that seat of rest and that's in that government of peace. If you see strife and anxieties and worries and stresses and thoughts and this and that, understand that's the soul. That's your, that's your soul that has not come under. But how do you get, bring it under? Just tell it to come under. Use by 
the authority that Christ has given you. You see? And then it gets real quiet. Remember, there's that separation. It's almost like, if you look in Hebrews where it talks about how the word of God separates the soul from the spirit, the joints from the marrow, the thoughts and intents of the heart, and then it talks about a blade, like a sharper than what? A two-edged sword or two-edged blade. It goes back and forth. It can cut right through it. So what is it doing? It's, it's not, you're not separated. In other words, you can't be separated. Your soul and your spirit can't separate from each other. Or you would have a major issue there. But what you can have separated is where they're, they're, you're coming from. Because the soul likes to impersonate the spirit. So you're thinking that you're doing something spiritual, and in reality, you're just operating in a soul realm. But like, how do I know? How do I know? I don't know if I want to be in the spirit, but it seems like I'm in the soul. And I don't want to have to. See, again, now we're micromanaging thoughts again. You see? So if I sit down in this seat, I just sit. I'm there. Do that in the spirit. Just sit in the seat of rest. And then watch, because your, your soul does like it when it's governed properly. It's not like it's like, oh, I don't want to be governed. I'm rebellious. No, it, it does like it when you're doing it right. When you're doing it right, your soul just goes real quiet. It just goes, okay, I'm waiting. Thanks. <laughs> right? That's all you do. But, but see, there's people that teach, you know, they have um, Calm, the app, you know. They have, uh, you know, on your, on your watch now, it, it has a reminder to breathe, which I always thought was hysterical because you breathe automatically. Um, but it's talking about deep breathing, you know, and they have all these processes, you know, to get the physical body under control. But, but to me, that stuff isn't like, it's part, it's like, it's like 20% of it, right? The rest of it comes through Christ because you need power. You need power to do that. And the power comes through him because here's the reason why. Why does your soul need to be at rest? The soul needs to be at rest because it needs to be trained and taught by the Lord. It needs to be taught. It needs to be trained. It needs to be brought up in the knowledge of him. The soul has a place, and it's a place of learning. If you're going to be quiet with nothing coming in, you're going to be taught by anything. But we're taught by the Lord. So that comes through government. And the government is the government of peace, and it comes through Christ as the head. So the quiet is yes. The breathing is yes. Those are all very good. But if, if you have not put yourself under the government of Christ, you are putting yourself under an unknown power. And you don't want to do that. So I'm just saying, like, so a lot of this is right, but see what they did is they took, because again, meditation, quiet, breathing, all of this is all Christian. And you want to say Christian, I just say it goes all the way back to the, our Hebraic roots, right? It goes all the way back to the beginning. But by separating out Christ from it, it's opened up another, what I would call spiritual vacuum where other things can fill. So the quiet and the breathing and the breath and all that, because why is it the breath? Yahweh, he's the breath. That's why. So as we, so again, when sometimes people are like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm getting part of it, but it's not always working and this, well, that's because you're missing the most important part. And that's our oneness with him. Our oneness with Jesus, it is Yeshua. It's not other gods. There aren't any other gods. There is. There are literally no other gods. There's no such thing as other gods. There's only one God. <laughs> so you could say, well, no, I worship other gods. Well, you worship other pretend gods, but not real ones, because there's no such thing as those. Fallen angels are not gods, FYI. They're just not. They're not even close to gods. They are created beings just like you and me. 
They're just a different kind of being that like to impersonate people. Not good. Don't worship them, okay? Are they real? Yeah, they're real. Some of them are not real. Some of them are just made up in people's heads, but the idea of worship them as a God is completely made up, completely. So anyway, we take our whole being, we put it under Christ. Your being is your, your soul, your body, and again, your spirit. And how do we do that? Submission. You have to submit first. You don't get governmental authority unless you submit to something. If you're going to say, well, I have authority, because, well, how do you have authority? Well, authority is given. God gives authority. People have a hard time with the police, some people, not everybody, because they're like, who are you to say this and that? Da-da-da. You know, I watched somebody the other day just sit and curse out police officers trying to get them to do something. They don't understand how authority works. You're not speaking against a man. You're speaking against an entire institution. That one cop represents the entire police force. He doesn't represent himself. You represent heaven. You don't represent yourself. When you're sitting in that place of authority and something speaks against you, they're speaking against who you represent. You represent him. That's the reason why when you're sitting in that government. Now, if you're in your soul and you're doing your own thing and you're not submitted to Christ, I don't mean submitted to the fake hierarchy system because that's garbage and we all know that. But And again, if we're honoring each other, we submit one to each other. That doesn't mean we just all go out and do our own thing. You know what I'm saying? So there's a balance to all this because some people go out and they teach like a hierarchy. I don't have a hierarchy. I do what I want. That's not what that means. You submit to Christ and then we honor each other and submit one to another. You see, it's out of a government of love and a government of peace. And yes, God does set people up in certain places at certain times to do certain things. And if we're just running around, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do whatever I want because God speaks to me directly. I don't need to listen to anybody. Okay, well, that's going to be a problem because in order to be submitted to Christ, we have to be humble, and that's not humble. So yeah, do we have to correct ourselves? Yes. Do we know who we are? That's another thing. Some people don't know who they are. So they go from one thing to another to another. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, well, how about, first of all, let's start with being in Christ. <laughs> and who has God put around you? Because those are the ones. <laughs> those are the ones. It's those ones. Oh. <laughs> People are out looking for something else. Looking for other things. That's the soul wandering. A soul wanderer. Wandering from this thing. Wandering from that thing. Wandering from that but not being submitted to Christ. That's a big deal, okay? So these are things that we have to learn and the Lord teaches it to us. So again, you get into these highly uh, oppressive, aggressive systems, and they're not all like that, mind you, okay? You get into these systems and what happens? You know, we end up with issues because people aren't submitted one to another. They don't honor the Lord. They're coming up with their own ideas. They're literally operating in their soul. So this is why people get into trouble sometimes, is because their, their soul is giving them imaginations that haven't been divided out. So their soul hasn't come down under, they're just doing their own thing. So there is a place, a seat of rest, and a place of governmental authority within your own temple. And you have to operate in that authority. No one's gonna do it for you. And how do you do it? Come into the rest, quiet down the mind. Now the soul is the mind, the will, the emotions, and ideas and thoughts and things like that that are kind of in flux, okay? They're, they're, they're shifting and moving, right? The spirit doesn't have that. You as a spirit, you do not have that. 
you you are not there's not an unknown okay there's not there's nothing unknown in in him because all the mysteries and all the wisdom of god are hidden in christ and you're one spirit with the lord so everything that you need is found in him so there is no unknown in the spirit there's zero unknown everything is known and everything and the scripture says that everything is open and naked before him he sees everything everything he understands there's everything is there you are one spirit with the lord so that means everything is open to you as well in the spirit it's the soul that has no idea what's going on, which needs to shush it down, learn, be quiet. You know, Jesus said, I am meek, learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart, right? Didn't he say that? Learn, learn. This is how you learn, guys. You learn by being meek. You learn by being low. You learn by coming under. This is what I do. I come under. Right, I come way under sometimes, Woo, and then I can't come back up. <laughs> but, but I come way under because it's the best. It's the best. I love the best. Don't you love the best? I love the best. Be like, look, look. If you have three options, and the best is one of the options, you should take the best. Oh, I don't think I'm worthy. No, take the best. Take it. It's been offered to you, and and it's low. It's really low. I don't know if I want to go low. You do want to go low, trust me. <laughs> low, humble, I mean. Humble. Not low as in, but your heart is is coming under him. You know why? Because he's like your big, your big papa, your big dad. He's just hugging you. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna come low and get hugged by Jesus, get hugged by the Father, get hugged by the Spirit, you know? And then the next thing you know, you're gone. You're lost in him. You're lost in the love of God. And and your soul's just coming right down into that peace and that joy and that and that knowing of him, you see? So you may think, I got to micromanage these thoughts. I got to have all these battlefronts of the mind. You know, there's also books about the battlefront of the mind. There's battles happening and there's a warfare going on and get, your, get out your sword of the spirit and fight and cut down the devil and all this. Well, there's a big problem with all that. First of all, there is no war. The war's over. <laughs> what you have is a wrestling, Right. You don't wrestle against. In other words, your soul, it's not you because you're a spirit, but your soul, which you actually possess, okay, is wrestling with what? These ideas. So it needs to be renewed. And how is it renewed? It's renewed in the spirit of its of the mind. The mind, the... the I'm not talking about books. I'm talking about battlefronts, like like skirmishes, skirmishes of the mind. I have a skirmish here, I have a skirmish there. Because what will end up happening is your soul, not seeing that from the perspective of the spirit, will begin to latch on to this little battlefront thing, and you'll see yourself as this army that's continually fighting thoughts all the time. And the, and the soul will work its way up into this kind of mentality of I'm always in a war. And you're not in a war like that. Okay, it's not that kind of war. When you're seated in the rest of God, when you've separated the spirit from the soul, in other words, you know already where you are, and you're sitting in that seat of authority, it's as simple as a command. It's as simple as a position. So my position of rest, position's really important, you guys. It's very, very important how you position yourself. Now, I'm going to explain it. If I'm going to go outside and I work and I'm working with my wife and I'm positioned like this, my wife is not going to be very happy with me because I'm in the wrong position. This is not the position of work. This is the position of rest. You see what I'm saying? 
position is very important. Now, if I'm in the position of sitting here teaching, okay, but I'm standing up and I'm moving stuff around and I'm over here fiddling with this and fiddling with that, that's not the right position. First of all, I could be talking over there. You can't even hear me. So how you position and your intention of your heart determines the whole outcome, okay? So if you want to be in that seat of rest, position yourself under first Christ, submitted to him. And where is he? He's in, he's in me and I'm in him. I'm positioned in that place of peace, joy, love, goodness, gentleness. Faith. In other words, I'm right in that spot, right in the zone, <laughs> so to speak, in the zone of the spirit, in the zone of the love of God. And there I am sitting there with him. Okay. And now I tell my soul, rest my soul. Be still. Be quiet. Right. And now what I'm doing is I'm filling my mind with Jesus. I'm filling my mind with the love of God. I might even fill my mind with Jesus and what all he's done for me and how he took all my pain. He took all the sin of the whole world on himself. He gave everything for me. And I'm just sitting and I'm thinking about the highest thought of highest thoughts, the most valuable thing of valuable things, the most precious thing of precious things. And I am putting my mind on the highest, most powerful, most complete thing that exists in all of creation. And I'm sitting in that place and I'm just thinking about that. And now I get caught up in the raptures of him, the ecstasies of the spirit the goodness of God. Every bit of sin has been cleansed for me. Every bit of unrighteousness has been taken care of. There is nothing left in me that is not him. That's how you do it. Okay? And you can do that anytime you want. That's a position, not an activity. <laughs> Once you get into the position, then the activity becomes a spiritual activity which is not something that you will always grasp in your soul at the time. You may later, kind of like a dream, when you go into your conscious mind, your, your subconscious mind just like it's not there. It's like it didn't happen, but it did happen. I had dream, wake up, middle of the night. Wow, I remember every detail of that dream. That was a great dream. I'll definitely remember that when I wake up in the morning. Nope. You will not remember it at all. The only thing I remember is that my conscious mind woke up in the middle of the night, remembered a dream, but the conscious mind didn't retain it. It just retained that it had one. And, and, and not only did it retain that it had one, it retained that it was really good and it had a lot of great detail in it. It retained all of that, but the actual content. Like, what in the world? But see, that's what happens when you have your soul. Your soul is there. It's awake. It's ready to go. It's getting ready for the day. It's doing all this, you know? And so then what happened to the subconscious mind? It just went, okay, all right, thanks for all your help. I'll see you later. Bye. Right? But you could have overcome something in the night. So again, it's a practice. It's a practice. It's not like you did anything wrong. Let's get, remember, just for anybody who's still kind of in the old works mentality. Uh, this wasn't a work. <laughs> this was just us playing in the fields of the Lord. <laughs> this, was, this was a new play thing that we had, and we were learning some stuff, and he's showing us through fun. you know. And yeah, is it important? Yeah, of course it's important, but is it fun? Yes, it's also fun. So we were just remembering, retaining it. So again, stay with it. Stay with that, that being in the spirit, being quiet in the soul. We don't have to go in and play, you know, sheep herder. 
they just come under the government. That the whole thing just goes right down. Because you could have your soul, because how would you even know? Because it's your soul trying to manage your soul. Just bring the whole thing down. And then you come into that rest. Now, things might come up, but the Spirit covers that, you see. You might have a thing come up, but the Spirit covers it. And then it teaches. So now you're having a teaching taking place. So now when a thought bubbles up, the Spirit speaks to it. Thought bubbles up, the Spirit speaks to it. It brings it into a place of understanding. Right? Because apart from the Spirit, your soul does not understand the things of the Spirit. The Bible says it cannot understand the things of the Spirit. So when a thought comes up, the Spirit speaks to it. Okay. Calm, right? I got it. You understand quantum physics. Good job, soul. You did a great job. I'm glad that you understand quantum physics. I'm glad that you understand, you know, accounting. You understand, you know, your business. You got your business down. That's great. Okay? I'm glad. That's good. Good for you. I'm glad that you're doing that. You're doing your job in the natural realm. Now, shh. <laughs> and now you're going in, right? Now you're going into him. You're going into the temple. Okay? So you're going into the Holy of Holies, that place inside where Jesus is. And you're experiencing him. And now things are beginning to bubble up out of your innermost being. You may start to speak. You may not. Again, we do quiet prayer. You could speak, you cannot. You could start speaking, and the words that are coming out are in another language, or they could be coming out in English, but they're not actually your words. They're the words of the Spirit. They're coming from inside of you. So you can listen to yourself as you're talking, and you're speaking words that are coming out of the mysteries of the Spirit. Okay? Because this, this is the stuff. This is not a side issue, mind you. This is not a thing you could do if you wanted. This is the, this is the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> the main th the main thing is the spirit. <laughs> the main thing is the mysteries, right? That's the main thing. It's not this isn't a side issue. This is oh yeah, I do yeah, this is we, we like to stick with the main things of the Bible. This is the main things of the Bible. The mysteries. The mysteries of the spirit are the main things. Okay. I love the get your act together, self-help stuff is fine. The soul loves that stuff and it's great. But you know what? Eventually you need to get to the main thing. The main thing is being in the Spirit, moving in the realm of the Spirit. I love the fact that we had the Spirit upon, we had the Spirit within, we had gifts. Those were all good trainers, and that was definitely the Lord, totally Him. That's totally what's happening. No problem there. Great foundation. Great foundation. That is the foundation of the things of the Spirit. But now it comes time to move in the realm of the Spirit, to move in the kingdom realm. Okay, And how do you move in the kingdom realm? By being in Him. And basically everything that is flowing is flowing out of the spirit and not out of the soul. You just shift. Whoop. Okay? Sons of God revealed on the earth. Gifts of the spirit are great. You might have a gift. You might have whatever. That's fine. You can, you can do those things. It's okay. They're okay. You know, but the main thing is in him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. That is the main thing. These are the things that Paul taught to the pagans on the top of their mountain where they had all their gods. He taught that to them. He said that to them in the words of your own poet. In him we live and move and have our being. He taught that one to the pagans. Oh, they're just baby Christians. They weren't even Christians. They were pagans. He's teaching them the mysteries. Be acquainted with the mysteries. Understand the mysteries by the Spirit. Don't think that you can't have this. <laughs> <laughs> because it's been given to you. It's a gift. So the lower we go, the better, okay? So I just want to say that today, just as a kind of an intro, 
for today's message. Can you handle any more? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> that was not kind of confident. <laughs> You're like, is it going to be like that? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so that was like an intro, an intro here. Actually, that wasn't an intro. That I don't know. Maybe it was an intro. Um, okay, so let's take a look at our our book. I want to continue in this book. Are you guys okay with me continuing in our book? I mean, why not do that? Okay, so chapter twelve. Self-examination and confession. Okay, this is uh, a short method of prayer, which for whatever reason for me has been a long method because I, I am still teaching it six years later. Um, <laughs> but it still is a short method. Self-examination should always precede confession. Those who arrive at this degree should expose themselves to God who will not fail to enlighten them and to make known to them the nature of their faults. This examination must be conducted in peace and tranquility expecting more from God than from our own research, the knowledge of our sins. When we examine ourselves with an effort, we easily make mistakes. We call evil good and good evil, and self-esteem easily deceives us. But when we remain exposed to the searching gaze of God, that divine Son brings to light even the smallest atoms. We must then, for self-examination, abandon ourselves utterly to God. When we are in this degree of prayer, God is not slow to reveal to us all the faults we commit. We have no sooner sinned than we feel a burning reproach. Okay, so this is again. Now we've moved in from the from the, you know, becoming, um, you know, resting within now to self-examination. So what's self-examination? Now I want to make sure that you understand self-examination is not condemnation. Okay, it is not this legalistic thing. It's more, like I was saying earlier, position. It's the position of your heart. Okay, so in a position of your heart of reflection, okay, which means that you're aware of where you are. That means that you're open to him. So if he shows you a thing, you adjust it right away. You just, whoop, that's not me. You see, it's just a, it's a revelation more than it is. You're not a being, you're not self-examining in that way. You're being examined. In other words, search me, O Lord, you know, search my heart and know my past, and know my ways. You know, I'm sure she's going to talk about that. But, you know, it's not, it's, so again, just because I introed it this way, make sure you understand this is not self-condemnation because there are people that sit around and just nitpick themselves forever until they're completely condemned and completely oppressed and feel like they can't even move. That is definitely not what it's talking about. Again, so you just want to keep that in mind when you're looking at this. So the divine sun brings to light the smallest atoms. In other words, you're just being exposed to the Lord. So if you see a thing and it's there, and again, there's always joy associated with this. It's never condemnation. It's always like, yes, that is so good. Like, like, oh, I thought that. Oh, I won't think that anymore. That, I didn't even realize that, you know, and, and you'll have those. And, and, and this is what I was saying before, position of low, position of humble. You're humble before the Lord. You know, and I know there's plenty of pastors and teachers and prophets and apostles out there that are ready to correct you into smithereens, but this is not what this is talking about, okay? It's not talking about that. It is talking about the Lord examining us, showing us these things, okay? When we are in this degree of prayer, God is not slow to reveal to us faults, things that are just the soul. I know what it is. It's the soul. How do I know that? The Lord told me. He said, this is the soul. This is not the spirit. This is you trying to climb up into me. That's not me come into this place of rest, come back into recollection, okay? We have no sooner sin than we feel a burning approach. This is another thing that happens, okay? So the more that you 
pray, the more that you come into this place with the Lord, you become aware of him. If something is off, it immediately is like, whoa, it's like a shock to the system. You're like, boop, and you go right back in again. You won't want to linger in that. I mean, it's just like completely like, it's it's almost like um, if your shoelace is untied and you tripped over it, you're like, oh, let me tie that. You fix it right away. You don't want to sit around and trip over your shoelaces all day long, right? But you just noticed it, so you do it. It's more like that. It's just a quick, it's a quick adjustment. You don't want to leave that untied and run around all day and fall over, all over yourself. It is God himself who conducts an examination. and says it right there. It's the very next line. Which nothing escapes. Remember what I said earlier? Everything is naked. Everything is, you can see everything. And in the spirit, that's the way it is. You just see everything. There's nothing that you don't know. It's all there because you're in him. So he's examining it. You're examining it because you're one spirit with him. But he shows you things. Okay, so everything's just right there. Nothing escapes his examination, and we have only to turn to God and suffer the pain and the correction which he gives. What pain is that? There, it's the only pain, it's pain that the soul might feel for a split second, but that's not a really a pain. It's more of a relief. You know, it's kind of like, oh, I got a, I got a splinter. It's out. <laughs> right? As this examination by God is continual, okay, and Ken, you're just standing in the sun, so it's pretty much continual. Because you're just like, bring it on. We can no longer examine ourselves. And if we are faithful to our abandonment to God, we shall soon be better examined by the divine light than we could be by all our own efforts. You see how it is? It's just standing there, position in the sun, position in him, you know? And now he's examining all of this, but it's just coming to light. And so what's happening is, is your soul is being renewed in the knowledge Renewed in the knowledge, renewed in the knowledge, renewed in the knowledge, renewed in the knowledge, continual, continual, right? And you're start, and things are starting to shift and change for you. The things that you used to see, you don't see it that way anymore. Some of these things are very dramatic. You know, I, I, I know many, many people, with the first time they heard the message of the gospel, the very first time they heard it, and they were like, oh, that's for me. And then they received the gospel, right? And so then they walk outside out of a building or wherever they were, and everything is like lit up. All the colors are brighter. It like it shifted them, not just in their in their soul, but in their physical body started to change. Everything used to be dull, and now it's all bright and vivid. Where did that come from? They just went into the spirit. It changed them almost immediately. You know, so you see, you see, you'll see these kind of things happen as we stay within that place in Him. Things begin to shift and change within us that we didn't do. He did. The light exposed it. Now, if you see a thing, you got a splinter, your shoelace is untied, whatever it is, you just fix it. You do it right away. You don't want to wait. Like, why wait? I mean, that's dumb. Just fix it, you know? Because the other thing is, you realize that you can't run with him if you have your shoelaces untied because you're going to trip. You want to run with the Lord. You want to walk with him. You want to sit with him. You want to be wherever he is. And anything that gets in that way, you don't want that around. It's simple. It's like, no, I would never do that. I would never want that. I just want to be with him. So it immediately goes away. It just falls off. Yeah, but so-and-so's kept it around forever. I've watched them and they have this problem. They did blah, 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 blah. What are you just doing? Now, not only are you not being examined by the Spirit, you're examining other people, which is judging other people. Just let it go. Your relationship is with... Yeah, your relationship is with the Lord. Not That's their relationship with the Lord. Don't go and start picking out other people's sins. This is all the law. And I have a whole teaching on the law that the Lord gave me this morning that I'm not going to teach, but, but man, what? It blew me away. I mean, I, I didn't come up with it. He told me, he told me this. Um, it was pretty amazing. So anyway, 
One thing which often causes astonishment to the soul is that when it is conscious of, of a sin and it comes to confess it to God, instead of feeling regret and contrition, such as it formerly felt, a sweet and gentle love takes possession of it. You see, that's how you know you're in the spirit. It's like, oh, yes, thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes I'll have these like dreams, these elaborate dreams. And then and the translation of the dream is, uh, yeah, that's that's not right. You know, and I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm like, I'm so glad I know that. I didn't know that before. Now I know. I feel so good now that I know. I'm like, I'm not going to do that ever again, ever, 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 because <laughs> now I know, you know, and it was, and it, he says it in such a gentle way. He, he, he never, listen, it is when someone says, the Lord told me, you no good piece of blah, 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 I'm going to blah, 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 and destroy you. That is not the Lord. That, what that is, most of the time, and I'm just, I'm going to assume because everybody's different, right? Most of the time what that is, is the Lord said, hey, can you adjust that? And your pride goes, this is what the Lord just told me. He told me I'm a no good rotten sinner. And edited it. And you just translated and added a spin to what you were just told. And it actually makes the Lord sound bad instead of you just changing. And that's what people do. All They do it a lot. I've heard, like, if you're religious, if you've been in, in, in the system for a while, you'll, you'll do that a lot. Because you don't want someone else, you know, you want like, look how pious I am. The Lord is so, so tough on me, you know. And it's like, oh, please, it's all just a game, you know. And it's not real. And it's the soul. But, but, but she's saying here that you know that it comes from the Lord because there's a gentle love that takes possession of it. Here, let me help you with that. Here, let me help you tie your shoes, you know. Here, let me help you get that splinter out, you know. Little things, because people will say little thoughts, right? Just a little thought. And then a week later, you're like, oh, why does my back hurt? And you realize that you took that little thought, and that little thought wasn't just little. It was big, and it was hurting you. And the Lord said, here, let me take this off of you. And you're like, thank you. <laughs> you know, so those are the things. And that's the process of as we are growing in the Lord, he's helping us and he's enlarging us. So when I say enlarge, I mean like inside, you're already large, right? But your soul has a capacity to receive more from God than you ever even imagined. I think about the saints that float in the air when they're praying. I'm like, how'd they get there? That's pretty amazing. So there's apparently a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't even know we could do. You know, the lady, you know, the one lady, she was being ordained as a, a, a nun. She was being ordained like as a saint or something. One of the first ones, because they weren't doing this with ladies very much. And and she was like, and she, she was walking down the stairs and she tripped and she grabbed onto the banister as she was getting ordained. And when she grabbed onto the banister, the banister became a tree. It turned into a tree, to its original tree, alive in front of everyone. <laughs> Did you know you could do that? <laughs> It wasn't a chunk of wood. It became a tree. Did you know you could do that? I didn't know I could do that. But see, these are the kind of things that these saints and different ones realized over time, you know? And listen, I believe a lot of those stories were, are true. And, and I'll tell you one of the reasons why I know, because I know people in, in our times that have had similar things happen. And they wrote about this, this, the old saints, you know, the book I read on the old saints, people are like, I don't know if that's your day. Even though the Catholic Church did go through and check to make sure it was true, which I, I do believe that they did that. But I know of cases where people now, including my own self and people I know have had those very similar things happen to them, you know, which is, which is cool. I haven't had the tree thing with, with the banister, though. So that's different, but that's still very cool. And we know Jesus cursed a fig tree, right? Definitely within um, the scriptural precedence of, of, of nature.
Okay, so, so again, there's, there's this kind of thing that's happening in us where we're learning about ourselves. We're learning what we, what we can do. We can do a lot, but we do it with him. It's always in him. Remember what we were saying before, to be in that governmental seat of authority, to have authority within your own temple, you have to be submitted to him. You can't just go running around, and I don't mean the hierarchy. Trust me, you guys know enough about this. I'm not talking about man system. I'm talking about in your heart, the position of humble meekness before the Lord, being instructed by the Lord. That's the important thing. And how do you know the difference? Have you ever run into somebody or found this in yourself where you're just like, I'm doing what I want? That attitude is the wrong position. It's, the, it's a position of the heart. So that humility, that, that humbleness. And, and, and here's the thing about it. This is always getting worked. You can't ever get away from this. It always is going to get worked in you. You know, you know what I'm saying? This one's always getting tried. Always. <laughs> Which choice? Pride, humility. Choice. Pride, humility. Choice. Pride, humility. Continual. So that you go low, then low, then low. I come under him. I come under him. I choose love. I choose love. I choose love. I choose love over and over and over and over again. And as you do, you're enlarging and enlarging and enlarging in the spirit. It's continual. It never stops. You're never going to get to a spot where like, I am so humble. I don't even have to be tested in this. It, nope. It's continual. Humble. Low. Low. Go low. Go low. Now, does it come easier? It does. The more you do it. Yeah, it does because you, it becomes your way. It's the way. You just automatically go that way. It's the soul. Yeah. The soul wants to you know, I will exalt myself. I will exalt my, and then you go low, 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 continual. And, and it's, and you say, oh, it's such a hard way. It's not a hard way because you're positioned in the place of rest. Now it's hard on the soul for a, for a, a little while because the soul isn't used to that, but eventually it does get used to it. And it goes, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll play along. <laughs> it's better down here. Exactly. It's better. It's better. Humble. Humble is better. You know, I always say low. I try to say humble because somebody was saying, what do you mean low? Humble, humble, being, being humble, being meek, lowly of heart is always the best way. Um, there's always, there's always new and exciting ways to be humble. <laughs> and you, and you know what? I, every time I, I have one, I'm like, oh, oh, well, that one's different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but it's good. It's good. I take it. I take it because I know it's the best way. It's the best way. And I don't mean, again, sickness, disease, poverty. Those are all called the curse of the law. That's not humble, okay? People sometimes try to try to mix those up and make it mean something. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or to be in an abusive situation. That's, that, I'm not talking about abuse. And again, people who are abusive know about, uh, you, you, they, they're going to teach you on how to be humble all the time so that you, you'll stay under their thumb. <laughs> that's, a, that's a narcissistic kind of thing that you'll, that you'll see. And hopefully nobody has to deal with people like that. Um, but but humility and humble, humbleness of heart is, is what Jesus demonstrates. So how he did it is how you do it. The reason that Jesus submitted himself unto death is because he had a plan. That he had a plan. The reason why he took the scourgings and all of that is because he had a plan. Okay, so you 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 actually seek the Lord wisdom. You see what I'm saying? You, okay, so so Jesus knew, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Okay, so well he was humble. He became obedient to death, the death of the cross. Why did he become obedient to death? So that he would bring many sons. So he would have a family. 
he had a point to it, okay? So if somebody were to say, oh, you should be humble and take abuse, well, what's the point of that? There is no point. That's you not being treated properly. So that's not what that's talking about, okay? Because you can't just take, those are not proper comparisons if you compare yourself to Jesus being scourged and you being abused by some abusive boyfriend or, or girlfriend. Those are totally different things, okay? That's not humility, that's you being abused. And God does not want you abused. He does not want you in an abusive relationship in any way, shape, or form. And again, can religious systems be abusive? Of course, they can be extremely abusive. They are at the top of the ladder when it comes to abuse, in my opinion, because if you think about it, the religious system is what crucified Jesus. That was the mechanism that the world used to crucify our Savior was the religious system. So you know that that's the best, it's the best version of abuse that there is on the planet, if there was a best version. If you want to say best, we'll say worst. <laughs> it's the worst one. Well, because he came to his own. And, and, and the whole idea was that God was revealing Christ through the Torah. He was revealing it to the whole nation. And so instead of, being re, instead of allowing that, now, now most of the people did in Israel. They accepted him completely. Like they, they worshipped him. They followed him all over. He was the, the most popular character in all of, of history when, when it came to Israel. Okay, But, but the, the people that were responsible for holding the gate, to, for holding the door open, for people to walk through in and out in the spirit, they shut the gate and then they beat all the people. <laughs> so that was a problem. And that's why Jesus pushed over all those money changers and stuff, because instead of using it as, as a this knowledge has been given to us by the Lord so that we can come and assist you in your relationship with the Lord. They used it as a door to keep people out and told them, give us some money and we'll let you have a little bit of secrets. And they didn't even give them secrets anyway. They gave them something else, right? So Jesus was not very kind to them because he shouldn't have been. They were the ones that were keeping people out. And again, that system does work in many different ways. Like it does operate on the earth still um, in different ways. Those are the kind of things that people do. But that's not the kind of thing that we submit ourselves to, okay? So anyway, that's keeping that just in balance of what it means to be humble versus what some people are calling humility is not humility, it's bad. Not having experienced this before, it supposes that it ought to draw itself out of this condition to make a definite act of contrition. Okay, so let's go back to translation of that, okay? So we are talking about, instead of feeling regret and contrition, such as a formula, in other words, you're kind of in him, right? You're in the spirit, and Jesus is like, hey, you're in the sun. And you're like, ah, oh, look, you got yourself a splinter. We're going to pull that out, right? So you're like, okay. So instead of feeling like, oh, I'm so terrible. I can't believe I had a splinter. That's so bad. How did I? How did that happen? Oh, my goodness. Again, I have another splinter. Ah, oh, Jesus, what is wrong with me? You know, and all this kind of contrition and this regret and all this. Instead of when Jesus shows it to you, you're like, ah, thank you for loving me. <laughs> I didn't know that was there. This is great. I, I feel so good right now. I feel lighter, actually. Yeah, I feel a lot lighter, you know? So, so again, so not having experienced this before, it supposes that it ought to draw itself out of this condition of love. Oh, I shouldn't feel loved. I should, I should feel like I need to do something. I should feel regret. Don't I need to feel regret? I should feel really punished and, and feel terrible about something bad I did. Oh, but, but it says, it supposes it ought to do this. But it does not see that by doing this, it would lose true contrition, true repentance, which is this intuitive love, infinitely greater than anything it could create for itself. In other words, by allowing the Lord to love you when you're in the sun and you see some funny stuff and he shows you and he helps you get it out of there, right? 
by, by doing that and allowing that process to be the natural process of love, that's the higher intuitive love, which is greater than anything you could do by beating yourself up for doing the wrong thing. I have to punish myself now. So now I'm not eating for three days because I was so bad. I did this one thing wrong and I shouldn't have done it. I should have known better. But you know, and I will tell you that whole, I should have known better, da 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 da, da I'm going to beat myself up. I'll tell you, what, what is that in disguise? Pride. Correct. That is pride in disguise. Because now you need to offer a sacrifice to God. I have to offer a sacrifice. Jesus is the sacrifice. Amen. He's just loving you. Just let yourself be loved is what she's saying. That's the highest form. Just let yourself be loved. Now that I know, I'm going to just be in that. And so again, and do this, you know, if you're listening with your kids too, that love is the way. Love is the way. Now that I see, love is the way. Oh, you should get a punishment at least. Do we see it? Yes, love is the way. Let's leave behind the old way of doing things and let's come into the new. That's all it is. Just like you, just like Jesus does with you. Just do it like he does it with you. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Is it is there going to be things that come up? Yes. Will you as parents get frustrated? You will, but still choose love. You know, choose the way of love. It is a higher action which includes cuz cuz again if you choose love you're choosing the blood of Jesus. You're choosing the highest level. These these are the highest things is is to forgive and to love and to and to allow, allow yourself to be loved. Because this is another thing that I think, um, you know, and Kenneth Hagin had this great story, you know, about this lady that came up to get prayed for. And she said, uh, you got to pray for me. Uh, you need to pray that I would love my mother-in-law. And um, he said, I can't do that. He's like, why not? Because it's not a scriptural prayer. She's like, what do you mean? And he explained to her how the scripture says that the love of God has been shed, in your broad, shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. In other words, you have the love of God. He's given it to you. He's like, just walk in it. Yeah. You see? So it's the same kind of thing. In other words, you don't have to go and get something from God. He already put it in you. It's already in you. You're basically just positioning yourself and being submitted to the love that's already in you. People say, oh, you need to love them. Okay, I'll try to scrounge up some love if I got any leftover. No, you are receiver of the love of God because the love of God is in you. And as a receiver, now this is an act of reception. You know, you don't just sit on that one day. You just like, I'm going to allow myself to be loved in the position of my heart, by the meditation of my heart, by my prayer. My quiet prayer is I am loved. <laughs> Woo, you know, and away you go, right? You're feeling the love of God because he loves you. And then that love, which you've received, you release. You don't have to come up with it. He is love. God is love. So you're receiving him. And as you receive him, you have something to give. You do not get that in the system. You only get that through the experience of being loved by him. Okay? So that's why this intuitive love is infinitely greater than anything it, cr it could create for itself. It is a higher action. Remember how we talk about higher actions and lower actions? It is a higher action, talk about actions and that humility, which includes the others with greater perfection, though those though these are not possessed distinctly. That's very good. And that actually has a lot to do with what I said at the beginning regarding sheep herding. Okay? If you're sheep herding thoughts, you know, whereas you can just take the whole thing and bring it under, right? So now the whole all, the whole thought just goes whoosh. 
right? And then here we have these thoughts, we have these other actions, this higher action includes the other actions, but they may not be as distinct in your mind, but you're gonna, but they're there too. In other words, one of those actions could be, I don't do that thing anymore, but it's not distinct. You just, it just stopped. Have you ever had that? I've had it many times in my life, you know, where the Lord's just like, hey, and I'm like, what? And he's like, what? And I'm like, oh, and then he goes, and it stops. It's gone and never come back ever again. I just didn't, I just didn't ever see it. And he, but he showed it to me. It wasn't self-examination by me micromanaging my own life, becoming completely legalistic with myself. It had to do with me just sitting in the sun, allowing the sun to expose the thing, and then he just takes it. And then I'm like, it's gone. So that, that, indis that distinct activity was, w was, was not perceived by me, but I realized later on it had fallen off. It wasn't there, okay? So that's a good way. This is, again, and this, this short method of prayer brings all of this in with it. It's not just being quiet. It's also this kind of reflectiveness where the son of, of God comes in and you now see things and it just, things fall off and it's, it's beautiful. And, and it really is just becoming aware of him. So we should not seek to do anything for ourselves when God acts more excellently in us and for us. Okay, we'll stop with that. We should not seek to do anything for ourselves when God acts more excellently in us and for us. In other words, he does the work. It's his work. The Bible says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. If we are his workmanship, he did the work. Oh, I need to make a, I need to make a planter for my, for my um, plant. Well, Jesus is the worker. He made the plants. He makes the planters. He makes everything. But as we become aware of him, see, we're being trained in the spirit. We're being trained in the spirit. The soul would like to get in and do its own thing, but it doesn't know. And guess what ends up happening when the soul tries to do things that are spiritual? It ends up committing a sin. <laughs> so you have to repent of that thing, which means stop doing it. Metanoia, remember, that's not how this works. <laughs> you know, oh, I got you. You know, so you don't want the soul to get involved in the spirit business. It needs to come under the spirit and get renewed in the knowledge. Now in the, in the Bible, and I use the word soul a lot, I've said it a lot today, but in the scriptures, in the King James, that word is called flesh, the flesh. But the reason that I use the word soul is because the word flesh in our modern English makes me think about my physical body. And my physical body is not what it's talking about. It is not that flesh. Okay? It's the soul. And the soul itself is not bad, but it is not knowledgeable when it comes to the things of the spirit. The soul can recite things for you. The soul can help you make a, a cake. The soul can do a lot of good stuff. Okay? You don't have to be in the spirit to make a cake right? And you just need somebody to write out the directions and you've got it. It does those natural things. But if someone talks bad about you, the soul may want to talk bad about them because that's how it operates in the world. But there's a higher action and that's where you keep that soul under and the spirit now speaks love. And that only comes through union with Christ. It doesn't come through spiritual practices by looking at your Apple watch to breathe. Okay. You can breathe in him. That's how it happens. You can't just separate that out and make it a physical thing that the soul is now engaging in quiet prayer without the Lord. No, quiet prayer is praying in the spirit with the Lord. See what I'm saying? It's very simple.
Um, but but our soul kind of gets things mixed up by trying to get involved in stuff that it's not supposed to. So that's why it says, don't seek to do anything yourself when God acts more excellently in us and for us. And that's why this quiet prayer is so good, being reflective within, becoming aware of the Spirit, becoming aware of the love of God, leaving behind what I call immature thoughts, immature things, um, and the flesh. We use the word flesh. I use the word soul. I think it's a better word to use, you know. And another way to say it is even um, unrenewed soul or unrenewed areas of the soul, things that have not been remembered yet. Because your soul doesn't like ever take the place of your spirit. It never can. But it becomes a less unruly passenger. Okay? And that comes through the renewal of the mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a less unruly passenger. So, but you are a soul, okay? And you are a spirit. And you are a body. And that is how I say it. And I know other people say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. And I understand that. The reason that I, I still say that is be, it, I might mention it still is because spirit, soul, body in that order. I like that. But you are fully a soul. Take full responsibility of that by putting it under. I am a body. Take full responsibility of that by bringing it under. You see what I'm saying? In other words, you're not just like leaving it off to the side. Ah, it's just the body. Well, if it's just the body, why is it getting raised from the dead? It's pretty important to the Lord, should be important to us, but it needs to be in the right government position within the temple. So, all right, that's it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the spirit. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and knowledge, spirit of the fear of the Lord, understanding that you're giving us. Thank you. Submit ourselves to you today. We thank you for releasing revelation, revelatory knowledge into our hearts, revealing the Son within us. Thank you that we are in you and you are in us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen.